No, an authentic song can really come from anywhere. Oh, Black River, oh, Black River, come wash over me. I'll stay under your Russian water until I come up clean. I've heard the healing of your power can make a blind man see. Oh, Black River, oh, Black River, come wash over me. Oh, Black River, I've been standing too long on your shore. In that place, felt the weight of all the hurt I bore. You run dark with the stains from hearts of sinners who've come before. Oh, Black River, is there room for just one more? Hi, and welcome back to Music at Three Pines, the podcast. My name is Brad Rayley, and for this episode, I sat down with Hannah Miller. We first met her, as with many, at Folk Alliance, this time when she played a showcase with Mary Bragg and Kishana Armstrong. She fully intended to come out this past year to play a house show for us, but of course the pandemic intervened. Hannah is a prolific writer and has had some of her music included in television shows such as This Is Us and Sons of Anarchy, and we talked a little bit about that process of getting songs placed, a process that I knew very little about. And of course, we also talk about the pandemic, her aversion to touring, and her creative process. Hannah Miller. Just out of curiosity, uh, I know you do a lot of writing, then we'll get into what, what I wanted to talk to you about, but right. um, just raising that, how, how much touring in a non-pandemic time, how much touring do you do? <laughs> in a non-pandemic time, hardly any. So it didn't really switch much oh, okay. up for me. Um, I don't tour. I mean, I kind of stopped touring when my son was born seven years ago. Right. And I, I was never, you know, on a label or I'd never had any support. I was always just DIY. So I would just like make these tours up and route myself and it never really made financial sense like <laughs> so it was kind of the best thing I ever did did to stop touring like the year after I remember when we were doing our taxes I was like I actually made money this year like it, it was such a difference I was spending so much money you know just staying on the road and gas and food and hotels and whatever um because it just I don't know I, I guess I've wrestled with it through the years. It's a long answer to a short question, but just figuring out, you know, everybody has their kind of niche and what they are good at and just going where the doors open. And for me, that was just shows are just not, I mean, the rare house show I really enjoy because I don't have to bring people to, Mm -hmm. but when I had to get out there on my own and market it on my own and try to get people to show up, it just did not work for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so when I had a kid, it kind of really helped me switch my focus and um, to just start writing more and get on film and TV lane more, you know, and that really helped. And so, and clearly for some people, like, you know, I was talking to Mary Bragg. She did, she did one of our podcasts and, you know, I think mm-hmm. she probably enjoys the road a little bit more. I mean, there are people who yeah. enjoy that experience yeah. more and some who really miss it. Obviously it's not, it, it would, I mean, I'm really glad I was a really terrible musician because uh, <laughs> the, the road would have been a really awful situation for me. Yeah. It's not very fun. I mean, I enjoy it in small little doses, you know, yeah. if I'm with friends and a, a little long weekend out or something like that, but just to be on tour for months or something I just couldn't do <laughs> yeah so when I first saw you by the way was in Montreal in a yes. showcase with Kishana and with Mary yes. 
Um, I remember that. Yeah. And I went in there, actually, we went in there to see Kishana because we've known her now for a couple of years, all through Folk Alliance. And so, you know, and then all of a sudden there you and I, and I had heard Mary before, but I had not heard you. And then I think the first song you guys did was your song. I think it was Oh Black River. And and then Mm -hmm. with everybody chiming in and uh, I mean, I had a great experience in Montreal, but I think that maybe was my favorite showcase. I mean, it it was was all the way through. It was just fantastic. Um, Well, thank you. Well, and out of that, by the way, this is leading to that question. After Montreal, I believe you and Mary and Kashana were going to do some stuff. Was that all kind of Nashville based? Because you're all out of there uh, at area. Were you just going to be doing some shows around there? We just kind of made our way up to Montreal and back with shows. So it was just kind of a tour around going to Folk Alliance. I had never been to Canada, really wanted to go. And um, it just kind of worked out. Mary was awesome. She had won, you know, she wins all the contests because she's awesome. And she offered me and Kashana, she she got like a free ride or something to Folk Alliance Hotel and everything. So she just offered us a great deal. And we're like, okay, we're going to stay with her in her room. And um, so just kind of like, well, how can we tour on the way up and back? So that was just what that was about. And it was about two weeks, I think. And that was, I think, probably the last time actually. I was on the road and it just confirmed for me <laughs> how much I don't like. It. No, but it was really fun. It was really fun being with them, but it was the worst time of year. Like we were in snowstorms yeah. all the time yeah. and like packing and unpacking in snow all the time. I was just like, why am I doing this? But the shows themselves were great. <laughs> yeah. It's some good house shows. What was it? Chris Stapleton once said in an interview, he said something about that. He said, really, you're paying me for the driving and the traveling. Yes. Because I'll do yes, the show essentially for free. I mean, that part's fun show. for me, but it's all the other stuff that, yeah. Yes. And I remember that because uh, Rebecca Lobey, um mm-hmm. uh, was late her. to Montreal. In fact, my wife and I were late too because we were flying from Denver and our flight got canceled. We ended up going yeah. through Vancouver all the way across. It was, it was, uh, it was quite a snowy time, but. It was a crazy storm. We drove through. It was insane. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm really glad you went. Um, Was that, uh, is that the only Folk Alliance you've been to or is that? I went to one before that a few, like five or six years before that in Memphis. It hasn't been in Memphis for a long time, but I was there right after moving to Nashville. That was my first Folk Alliance. And it's always really fun. I enjoy the whole crazy experience. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I'm really bummed it's not going to happen this year because it it is uh, for a a music nerd like me who likes to just gad about and talk to people. Mm -hmm. um, It's it's pure heaven. Of course, I don't have to carry instruments upstairs. (laughs) I don't have to, you know, all the things speaking back to the. Yeah, I I still remember um, uh, Lula Wiles. I don't know if you know those those ladies. No, I don't know. But they have an upright bass, you know. So every time you saw somebody with an upright bass. I just, I, my heart just, you know, I'm like, you're sitting there thinking, <laughs> why didn't I take up the mandolin? Why didn't I take up the ukulele? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or just the guitar even. Right. Exactly. Uh, which becomes uh, reasonable. <laughs> well, let me ask you a little bit. And it sounds like you've answered a little part of this, that for you, as opposed to a lot of the singer songwriters out there, um, the pandemic itself has not altered your life that much. Um, Mary even said, you know, that she said she's a homebody. She really likes to be out on the road, but she actually really does enjoy the time to write mm-hmm. that she doesn't get when she's on the road. Another kind of downside of, of traveling mm-hmm. a lot. What, but it, it, you know, it doesn't have to be just about music, but how has this pandemic been for you? How have you kind of adapted to it? Um, 
has it, I mean, the challenges we've all, I mean, it, it is one of those unique things that everybody we talk to has a story because we're all experiencing it. And it's not like, you know, when then I lived in Oklahoma for 24 years. And so we had like an ice storm that knocked us out for a week. And then we'd have, of course, tornadoes, which you're familiar Mm. with. Yeah. But you know, in those cases, I'd be talking to family members across the country who weren't dealing with either of those. And now we're all dealing with. So, so what's the pandemic been like for you, except for the fact that you weren't touring anyway? (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's really interesting thing um how everybody has to face it in their way and um for me it's like it did definitely affect like I said I kind of pulled back and just started focusing on film and tv and trying to write and get songs placed and stuff like that and it definitely affected that whole industry like all filming was shut down for like right months um so nobody needed music for anything because they weren't making anything um and so you know that whole world is hit or miss anyway so you never know if you're gonna get something it's always just like waiting for this gift to fall out of the sky um but in a time where no one's even filming there's no production you're just like well i'm screwed like nothing's gonna come through like i don't even have that hope of like the one phone call or email i get um so it really dried up that side of things for me. And so it did force me to pursue other (laughs) avenues of income and think about ways I could keep working. Cause I feel like my thing has always been just to create work for myself because I haven't found really, I mean, Mm -hmm. most independent artists, you know, you haven't, if you wait around and for people to like ask you to do things, it's just not going to happen. You have to always create work for yourself. One great thing that has come out of it is I just started reaching out to producer friends of mine that I've worked with in the past um, in their studios in Nashville and said, Hey, I want to try something like I've got, I uh, downloaded logic. I'm going to try. I don't know what I'm doing, but I I really want to pursue like this remote collaboration thing. Would you be willing to try with me? Like if I send you a rough track that I do at home, can you build a track around that, you know, build some instrumentation stuff, send it back to me. I will play guitar and sing on it. I'll send it back to you, like all through just wave transfers and stuff. And I was really scared. I had thought about doing that for years before pandemic, but I was just really scared to kind of reach out to these people. And, you know, I thought maybe I I knew they wouldn't laugh at me, but I thought maybe no one would ever get back to me. Um, But every single person I emailed was like, yes, let's do it. And it was great that they were also looking for work, you know, like they were in the same position. So they're like, let's try it. And so I mean, I have been able to work in that way and find out that I can do more than I thought I could do. And I can, I haven't reached this production level that I would like to be at, but it's okay. Like to just kind of take some baby steps and um, put put myself out there. And so um, the CP I did that way, like I recorded everything vocally at my house and just for me, it's a proud thing that like, hey, this is at least at a level I was comfortable releasing it, that I recorded this stuff in my house and I learned how to comp my vocals. And, you know, somebody mixed it and somebody added some stuff to make it sound good. And that's great. <laughs> I'm not like completely there where I want to be yet, but just to step out a little bit of my comfort zone and make things in my own house has been like a really cool thing thing to discover that I can do. Um, that's one way. And then I also started a little side gig of recording these songs for um, <laughs> a company called Mama Sing My Song. And I record a bunch of uh, songs like they're custom for kids, like moms oh. and dads order them and put the info in. And 
Um, I'm on kind of a staff of 20 writers and like that has really helped. And I would never have taken that, you know, side job or looked for something else without the pandemic happening. So I'm really thankful for those things that kind of came along, you know, that will probably continue. I hope Right. when everything gets back to normal, they'll continue being like kind of a way I work and um, something that I have on the side and can do. So. Yeah. Um, one thing, by the way, I'm, I'm struck by when you said that about film and TV being mm. offline too, one of the things I've been kind of stunned by with this pandemic is revealing interconnections that I hadn't seen before. And that's one I'd never, even though I knew that film was out of production, I knew TV was out of production there for a while and I never made that connection. So you, you realize this uh, interconnectedness. Now the, the doing stuff uh, in your house. So, so you hadn't done any of that before where you uh, like, like for example, uh, Mark Arelli did uh, one of his early albums. He has a duet with Kelly Willis, uh, Compass and Compa- Companion, which is a fantastic song. And I and I met Kelly in, when I was in Oklahoma, and I asked her about that. And she said, yeah, I've never met Mark in person. So it, they obviously had done this. Oh, wow. the, so I was curious, have you, have you ever, I mean, if you did that kind of thing, did you do it with a studio or? Um, yeah, I did. Not, not the whole Christmas EP, but two of the songs from there is a guy in Colorado. Colorado that I've never met. <laughs> we just kind of connected through Instagram. Um, it, I mean, these things are crazy. Like sometimes yeah. I get messages and people want to collaborate and I'm like, this might be the worst idea ever, but <laughs> I, I usually say yes. You know, I, I try to do like due diligence, look into them a little bit, Google right. them, like right. find out if they're a crazy person or not. But you know, and like I've had several of these things in my life in the past where it's just like, you get a random email and decide to say yes and it leads to something really cool and really great um so that was with him david nowakowski and he's a producer and so that we've never met we talked on the phone a couple times then the other producers uh a guy named charlie lowell and a guy named mitch dane i they're friends in town and i've worked with them several times and i'm usually in person with them but this has just kind of switched our mode to like you know not in person another guy named brian lawrence and um and a lot of it is just stuff that we built you know kind of in response to briefs or in response to this would be a good song for film and tv like it's still like in that world of hoping to land in a show at some point they're not really like things we're doing to just release records of my own it was you know to build up more of a catalog and a body of work that might be placed someday in the future that was the early stages of the pandemic. And I was like, well, here's what we could do. We could do this. And we started working on all these songs. And then the realization came midsummer or something. Oh, like nobody's making any TV shows. So I don't know that this is really going to work out, but it was a good thing in that. Like, I think creating content is always a valuable use of time. Like it's not a waste of time to write a song and record it. And you might never release it. And, you know, three years down the road seems to be the timeline for me and <laughs> I get really excited about something and I want everybody to hear it. And then I forget about it. And three years later, something happens with that song. Interesting. But um, yeah, uh, just to create in this time is a win for me. Cause a lot of artists yeah. friends are like, how do you keep creating and how do you keep writing? I've just completely dried up. And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm really thankful that I have been able to keep writing. Cause I think if that had also stopped, I would really be a miserable person. Like yeah. <laughs> if I don't keep writing new songs and working on stuff, I just get really, angsty and yeah. restless and and so um 
I'm glad that there has been an outlet. I want to go back to sort of your your music background, but how did you, I mean, uh, do you have a, a manager or agent who really kind of pitches your stuff to to uh, TV and film, that kind of thing? Or is it has it been mostly you? Oh, no, not me. Um, yeah, I've been working with a few different companies through the years. So I just kind of started very cold call, like you know, just emailing anybody that I researched on the internet that does music uh, sync licensing representation. I don't email the direct you know, people who are looking for the music, there's all these companies that are pitching music and representing music. So right. I emailed those. And um, when I finally got a yes, I just kind of started at, you know, the bottom and um, worked with a few different companies and got a few different placements and then started working with a company here in Nashville called Sorted Noise and stayed with them a good long time for five years. And um, they had a partner out in LA uh, this company called Music Alternatives, and they kind of sorted noise was kind of the artist A and R content creation side of things, mm-hmm. and their Music Alternatives was more the guy who pitched music for opportunities. And so, just recently, just last year, Sorted Noise like completely pivoted, changed their whole model, um, sold their catalog of like everything I had written mm-hmm. in the last five years. It was big. It was a watershed moment. Is that the right word? <laughs> Um, uh, it was an interesting time that happened right before the pandemic actually. And so it was like all this catalog that I'd built up for them under this kind of publishing agreement we had together, they sold to a publishing company called Reservoir and it, um, you know, they paid me a little bit, not what I thought I should get paid. (laughs) Um, but they paid me for that work and I just had to let go and was like, okay, Five years of work, lots of songs that they paid for me to record. So they own the master and stuff. Um, It was their legal right to sell it. I just thought, you know, I'd put in all this work and I might see the fruit of it in future placements, but they completely sold that catalog. And so I pivoted to just working directly with music alternatives. I tell all that story to say it's kind of the same person that has been pitching mm-hmm. my music for years. It's just in a very different way and different setup. And it's so this has been my first year directly with just owning my masters and sending it to them and oh, nice. trying to get music placed through them. But it's been the pandemic year, so nothing's right. come of it. So I'm like, well, okay, maybe next year will be right. the year. <laughs> so I'm still hopeful that like, you know, my music is viable and somebody will use it for something, but yeah. it's always been kind of a um, split personality of mine mm. too. It's like, what, you know, am I trying to do this film TV thing? Cause that's one thing, or am I trying to do the artist thing? Cause that's a whole nother thing. And I could ramble on about it forever, but right. um, yeah, just trying to find where those parts of me align in the sweet mm. spot where I write really honestly and write what I want to write, but it also works for film and TV. You know, that's kind of right. like just right. trying to get Cause there. Cause you, you, so those, those that you've gotten placed, like in this is us. Um, you had a couple in there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, I imagine once you get one placement, it gets a little bit easier to get more. Is that true? Or I don't know. You would think so. <laughs> just... I don't know. I think it does to a certain extent. Mm. I don't 
but I also think it's still just so many artists and so many right. songs and you're all trying for the same spots that it's remains like really challenging. Gotcha. Um, there's no like guarantee like, Oh yeah, you're in now, you know, right. <laughs> it's just kind right. of like, you're still right. asking for the same stuff. Now I was going to say those two songs were ones I didn't write was, you know, they did come to me and ask for covers of certain songs. Gotcha. And, um, that has been kind of a a lane I found, you mm. know, to do covers and people want me to cover certain songs and that's worked for me in film and TV, but I still dream of the, <laughs> them using my own songs, right. you know, right. like getting my songs as a writer out there right. more. So when you're, when you're writing, I mean, this is what you kind of were talking about, if I, if I understand you correctly, of finding that sweet spot between writing honestly and getting something that's possibly viable or attractive to a, a company for placement, mm -hmm. you, but you, you don't sit down and say, uh, uh, I, I want to, this is a song I'd like to hear on TV someday. You're, you're just writing a song and you want it to be a good song and there, and then, you know, is that, is that mm -hmm. true? Is that yeah, mostly true. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I worked, you know, more directly with Sorted Noise, that was kind of their thing. It's like, here's an assignment, you know, we gotcha. need a song okay. like this. And so it would be more like, write a sad song about this, or, you know, here's some keywords, or like, here's a key mood. And right. so, but I always just have a lot of fun with that. Like, I really mm -hmm. like having an assignment or like, a place to start, you know, because sometimes it's hard to just like grab something completely out of nowhere, you know, if you're not necessarily feeling something. Um, and I think honest songs come both ways. It's not always like, well, that's not an authentic song. If it didn't come from deep within, it's like, yeah. no, an authentic song can really come from anywhere. Yeah. I think so many people do the writing prompts and, yeah. you know, if those aren't, frowned upon than like, writing a, like for briefs for film and TV shouldn't be frowned upon. We should no. all just love creativity. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, um, especially in the day and age where it was Spotify and with mm -hmm. reduced uh, revenue for, for artists, I, I have to admit when I was growing up, I was, um, I remember, you know, like somebody big and I can't remember who it was sold a song you know, to something. Right. And this is like maybe in the late eighties, nineties, something like that. And I was resentful. I was like, how dare yes. you, you know? And maybe at that yes. time that was, I don't know, but you know, now that the, with, with Spotify making so much money off of you guys, you know, I heard Chris Stapleton is on a, he's got a, I don't know, some car ad or something like yes. that. I'm like, go like for Ford it, man. Or something. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm all, all for mm -hmm. it. I, that's, I know. I'm glad to it get, really has. It's completely switched. I was just writing an article the other day on sync. And I was, that's what I said, like 20 years ago, everybody right. was like aghast and you're such a sellout if you're in a Walmart ad, but now like everybody wants to be in that ad. <laughs> like, please pick me, pick me. Right. So right. it's just like one of the last bastions of income <laughs> for people. Let me ask you a little bit about your music background, because you're obviously somebody who takes your songwriting very seriously and been doing this for a while. I saw on your on your uh, uh, bio, because I mean, you and I have talked so briefly in person. I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> it was true. sharing, uh, exchanging cards in Montreal. Um, mm -hmm. I know you're from Alabama, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, Dothan. 
So where uh, did, did you, was your family musical? Did you start playing music uh, early on? Uh, any instruments besides guitar? I am, no, I am severely okay. limited musically. Um, I like my mom and dad sang, I guess, but not any professional way, just kind of music in the house. And um, I don't know where it came from. I just used to tell everyone I was going to be a singer. I had this like, deep held belief that's what I was going to be when I grew up a singer and I can't remember where that started I just always Mm. remember telling people that and um loving singing from an early age and then like auditioned for something in elementary school and didn't get it and just like devastated (laughs) like turned my back on all my dreams um so ashamed of myself and so then in high school just kind of through church and like through having a crush on a guy who played guitar, like taught myself to play guitar and um, started just kind of singing, you know, worship band kind of stuff, writing a little bit in high school and then went to college and really started writing there. But I mean, I don't know, like when I think of my own story and how below the bottom (laughs) started and how bad I was for so many years um could barely play guitar and would go to all these open mics and just be awful like I have a deep shame about it now um but for some reason like so many people just encouraged me through my life you know like oh you're supposed to do this like you've got a song to sing it's you know what you're supposed to do with your life and I just kind of held this I even majored in art in college because I was like I didn't want to write a lot of papers and I knew I was going to be a musician. Like I was going to move to New York or LA or Nashville when I graduated college. So after college, I got married in college. We moved to Columbia, South Carolina, and I was working in retail and would listen, you know, just to their, the music, (laughs) Um, whatever those things were satellite radio stations. They used to play in retail stores and um, it was mostly country and some pop. And um, I mean, this is so crazy to say, but I really was not exposed to a whole lot of like mainstream radio growing up. Like it was a lot of DC talk, (laughs) Uh, you know, like just the worst music, CCM stuff. Um, And so who else? Like Carmen, you know, yeah, it's it's I, shameful. I grew up um, Baptist. I, I I I know. I there's a lot of my early concerts that I don't want to share with anybody. You'll never concerts. tell anyone. No, but I mean that was kind of in the heyday of Christian music, and that was yeah. kind of what I was exposed yeah. to and what I thought was music. And um and really, I date it back to those early days, right after college, working in retail and hearing like you too, like this is a great song, yeah. <laughs> like Sunday Bloody Sunday, what? Like, I mean, how did I make it to 21 and never had really heard that song? I did. I do remember a very early age discovering Simon Garfunkel and uh, that stuck with me my whole life. Um, they were a huge influence. Paul Simon was a huge influence on me as a singer. But um, anyway, so those years just listening to the radio um, and kind of inspired me. Like I've always said, I want to be a singer and here I am working in retail and I'm making no progress. I'm not doing anything. So I just kind of started there and started going from Columbia. I would go like wherever I could drive about three hours and back and make it 
home by 2 a.m. That was my cutoff. And I would do all this by myself. And now I'm much older and I would never do this. But <laughs> as early 20s, I would just drive, play an open mic, make it home by 2 a.m. I'm good. By myself all over from Columbia to Atlanta, Charlotte, Charleston, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, like all those kind of hubs right. in the Southeast. And really just kind of learned how to play in front of people, learned how to play a guitar and sing at the same time. Um, made a lot of mistakes and yeah. just kept going. Just kind of had this, like, I, I want to do this. And for some reason, people would encourage me at all those shows, <laughs> even though they should not have. I'm like, why did, <laughs> it, if those people would have told me how bad I was, I could have quit and got a real job much earlier. And, like going back to school, got a degree or something. But since I have an art degree, I've always just like, if I want to do anything else with my life, I have to go back to school and I don't want to do that. So yeah, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> you already said you didn't want to write a lot of papers. And I have to say, I, I, know. I, I have, uh, I'm not doing that now because I'm doing booking, but, and cause it, uh, I have a PhD in American history. What? Um, so I know. That's so that's a I, lot of papers. I taught, yeah, I've written a lot of papers and I've read a lot of papers. And, and so I was thinking when you said that about, I'm thinking about how many students I had in my uh, intro to us history class who were like, I don't want to write any papers. And um, yeah, so that was you. I know. Anyway. I, ironically i'm really good at writing papers all my professors would like you know always say yeah. what a great writer i was but i just i hate doing it um <laughs> so you know i just kind of stumbled upon like stumbled and fell my way into doing this i feel like and put out so many songs and so many records before i should have ever had any business mm -hmm. doing so like i'm so jealous of the people who get developed <laughs> like all their stuff is kept in a vault and nobody sees it until they're ready like i would just record this stuff and burn it to disc on my computer and sell it at my shows so um <laughs> this real bad stuff is out there in the world and i can't get it back <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know I'm sorry just, I'm, I'm... it was I'm now imagining a reverse merch table for you that you go out and you're like, <laughs> if you bring one of my old CDs, <laughs> please turn it in and I will pay you. I, um, I have to say, by the way, that I think, I think you're a little hard on yourself because I think more songwriters <laughs> have, no, I mean, I'm, 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 I haven't heard your early stuff. And so, although I know your voice is one of my favorites, so. Okay. I am sure that a lot of people were interested in hearing you because you have a very unique and very distinctive and very nice, lovely voice. Um, well, thanks. But uh, so uh, along the way, so you you did a lot of open mics and in that you were uh, doing probably a mix of covers and some of your original stuff. Is that what you were doing there? I probably should have done more covers. That would have been more <laughs> successful. I remember the few bar gigs I had to play like three hour sets. And I hardly did any covers than these four people yeah. who just wanted to enjoy the music. Right. I would just like cycle through all my original songs. Next set, do it all again. <laughs> um, you know, I would throw like maybe a Tom Petty tune in every once in a while, but I was definitely not a cover band. Like I didn't want to go out there and just sing covers, even right. though that would have been right. more fiscally <laughs> rewarding. I think I saw on, I think it must have been Facebook. Uh, you said something about that you'd never won a songwriting contest. Um is Never. that right? <laughs> Entered so many. I know, yeah, but I'm I just mean, saying I'm actually very surprised because I, I you know, oh, so. Thanks. Yeah. I don't know. Like that's also uh, people have their paths. It's never been my path. I've always, yeah. you know, um, I did. Do you know Eddie's Attic and the shootout and stuff? I, I know of it. In yes. Atlanta. Yes, yes. I did that several times, but never really like made it. 
right or won it i got to the finals i guess but um and Kerbal and chris austin and like all the contests and enter them right. and then after a while i'm just like this is just taking my money like it's yeah, not yeah. really i don't want to keep doing this and so um that was a huge honor that american songwriter at least made it honorable mention like that's farther yeah. than i've ever gotten so your songwriting process uh when you do you do you have a is it is it more of a feel like you wake up someday and you're and you're sitting around and there's an idea that's percolating or is it a okay, it's tomorrow is, I'm going to say Wednesday, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> and, and you say, uh, all right, I'm, I'm going to work on, you know, getting something started on a song. Is it, is it like that? Or is it more like you just wake up and you're like, oh, there's some, there's an idea percolating in the back of my head. Hmm. I mean, I feel like the ideas I always try to keep, I try to capture them. Um, but the ideas are more things that come when I'm in, the car driving to Walmart, I sing a voice memo or like I write down right. in my notes, a lyric or something. And so the ideas, it's hardly ever like the idea. And then I work on it. It's like, Oh, that's an idea. Let me write it down. And then um, writing, unless it's like an assignment, you know, and someone's given me a task to do and it's just like, I need to write a song that usually happens when I have like today I was just thinking like it's just been a while since I've written a song and I have this little feeling mm -hmm. like it's just a weird little feeling like there's something that I need to get out you know and so sometimes it's really hard like I want to just sit down watch Netflix after dinner and getting the kids in bed I don't want to go right like it's really hard to push myself to that like right. I know that if I just take the time and pull out my guitar I'll probably write something. And so I just have this kind of little bubbling thing that I yeah. ignore for a while. And then when I finally like, okay, I got to do this, I'll go. And usually that's when a song at least starts. Um, but like I said, that's totally not counting when I've give, been given an assignment or I get an email and like, right. somebody needs this. I'm like, right. okay, I'll do that. Um, that's more like my day, my day job, you know, <laughs> right. but like at night or something is more when I write those personal songs. Like I feel this. And I need to right. say something. Sometimes it's just a co-write, you know, that's on the schedule. And that's when I go through the voice memo or the notes. And that's when all those ideas come in handy when you're just like, hmm, what right. can we write today? Or like, has there been anything lately that I've thought about? But then other times, I mean, so to answer this question, it's never the same. But uh, right. a lot of times if I could just push myself to practice, if I have a discipline of at least a weekly practice. It's when I'm practicing through my old songs. Like mm. that's when I just start writing new songs. And those just kind of start with chords or like melodic okay. uh, melody or. So your, your songs mostly start with a, a melodic kind of line or a chord progression uh, first. And then, and then the words come, or I assume it's probably been also words have started. So. Yeah. It's usually, I say these days, usually melodic because I'm more. Okay prone to fit words to melody now gotcha um early days it was like words and write a song with those words right but now it's more like start with a melody have just kind of like a mumbo jumbo like vocalese thing right. going right. until i hear a certain lyric and then when you like hear that certain lyric it kind of directs the rest of the lyrics right you know does it does it take you once you get that kind of kernel of a song you've got that uh, melodic line or hook or something like that and then you start building in and the and then the story starts to take take shape um is this a process that will take you multiple songwriting sessions to kind of get it to something that where you feel like it's you know something you want to record and send to somebody or uh is it yeah i mean i 
it's weird though, because I found a pattern with myself that usually if I don't have the like tunnel vision of like, mm. this song is demanding all my attention, I'm gonna get it till it's right. When that kind of song comes, like change the world that, you know, I was there, I knew I wanted to write it and I had such a focus that I couldn't stop. And so that's right. usually when I finish a song, the other ones that I'm like, oh, if I have to keep coming back to, like they might be unfinished and I keep coming back to them, they hardly ever get finished. It's like mm -hmm. the songs that really get finished are the ones that I'm like in the zone and I'm like, oh, it's not right yet. It's not right yet. And I keep like, it just keeps pulling me in, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I, I don't want to stop writing this, you know? Right. And so since I don't want to stop, those songs usually get finished. And the ones that I could just like, well, I'll come back to this are the kind of the ones that aren't so compelling that I don't come back to them. But you're, so you wrote the, you did this EP all, all during pandemic time and all this is part of mm -hmm. that collaboration. Um, was there, uh, did you enjoy that process of putting together these, these two originals and two covers? It's, it's delightful, by the way, I've been listening oh, to you. Thanks. And so how, um, how did this start? Did you just sort of thought, well, this, this would be a good time to do a, a, a Christmas EP? <laughs> I did think like this is the season for Christmas music and every other artist also thought that <laughs> we're like let's all put out Christmas music but I had worked on one of them always shine uh, a year or more ago and never did anything with it and so I'd already thought I want to release that as a single David, those one was just a melody he had already written and sent it mm. to me, and he was like, "This sounds kind of Christmassy, Christmassy to me." Like he had the piano and and uh -huh. the instrumentation, and so I really love doing that, like writing to they call it top lining, like writing to tracks that are already gotcha. built out, and I just hear a melody and I just start working through lyrics and stuff. Um, and so that was Love Has Come to Stay, that he had already had the instrumental. And so I wrote all the lyrics to it. Candles burn against the night. Could this Christmas be the miracle we need? I know we'll find our way back home by that starshine. On this Christmas day, peace on
the other, the covers, one was directly response to a brief. They're looking for a Christmas song, kind of hopeful and sad at the same time. We're like, have yourself a merry little Christmas scene. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And then when I started listening again to the lyrics, I was like, this is a perfect song for 2020. Like, yeah. It could not be a better lyric fit yeah. for this year. Yeah. Um, so, and then uh, the other cover, Christmas Time is Here, I had actually, that is actually a demo I did back in the Sword of Noise days. And so I actually did a studio version of that song you can find on Spotify that's completely fleshed out with huh. all the instrumentation and it's great. And I really love that version, but I don't own that version anymore. So right. I found the um, that original demo I had done on GarageBand like three years ago. And I was like, I like this and I'm going to add it to my collection so I can own the master nice. on this one. Christmas time is here Happiness and cheer Fun for all the children call Their favorite time of year Snowflakes in the air Carols I know you got to get going. So let me ask you three quick questions. I stole this from Brene Brown. Um, oh, no. Yeah. It's going to be deep. Yeah. No, <laughs> it isn't at all. It, it, she does this rapid fire thing at the end of hers, and these don't have to oh, be okay. rapid fire except for your own time limitations. So the first question is, uh, uh, who is your who is the songwriter that makes your jaw drop? Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown. Oh, okay. That's the, it's interesting. I know <laughs> many of the people that I, I like and talk to are big Jackson Brown fans. And I know that really? because they've often covered him, but you're the first one <laughs> yeah. who's actually raised it as in, in the songwriter thing. And I mean, he's written so many great songs. So many, I mean, I don't know, Paul Simon, of course, Bob yeah. Dylan, of course, but he popped in my head first. So yeah. Yeah, no, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And it's interesting, I guess, especially given the fact that you talked about growing up, you didn't listen to a lot of, and you didn't want to use Michael W. Smith is what you were trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I can't say Michael W. Smith. No. Um, no, Jackson Brown was a late discovery too. And that, I mean, I just remember having that moment listening to The Pretender and just like, what? Like, yeah. this is so yeah. great. And these lyrics, and what I love about him is he's so melodic like it's mm. so accessible melodically and it's just something mm -hmm. you want to sing but it just means so much and just love it second question so but if you think of somebody maybe if you listen to stuff outside of of uh, the the genre I, I, the way i frame this is uh, listen to music that you yourself probably would not create you would not play this but do you find that there are genres or artists that you listen to that you feel like can, can maybe give you phrasing or or hook or or anything like that, that kind of influenced your writing, I guess is what I'm asking. 
gosh, I don't know. I mean, I want to say like pop, like Billie Eilish mm-hmm. and <laughs> Sylvanesso and stuff. Like I've tried to do, you know, for sync and stuff, like pop stuff. It's just never, it's not like people can right. feel it's not me, but I really like it and I really appreciate a really great hook and yeah. pop. Yeah. Um, like the cool kids. Like I just want to be one of the cool kids, but I know I'm never going to be, but it, it does influence me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I need to stick to my dark folk sadness yeah. and not try to be a cool kid but <laughs> yeah i i like by the way when you were talking about one of the prompts of writing a sad song and i'm like you're a folk musician aren't they all supposed to be saying that? <laughs> i know yeah just kidding just, i'm just kidding i never get too happy um that's right yeah uh and by the way if if you're not cool then that means i'm definitely not cool so <laughs> I, I just want that on the record there uh okay final question um mm-hmm. do you have a guilty pleasure music um, Kanye, <laughs> I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure. No, I mean, it, it, the other way I frame this is music that maybe your fans might be surprised that you listen to and Kanye might actually qualify. I don't know. I don't really, I, I really like Jesus is King, his, but I had never really listened to him before that. So I can't say I'm a super fan. Um, but I don't know if I classify anything as a guilty pleasure. Yeah. It, it's a flawed question. Because of course you yeah. shouldn't feel you shouldn't feel guilty about anything I don't feel guilty like about that. About my but, music, right? I'm right. trying to think if there's anything that I'd just be like really ashamed of somebody knowing. <laughs> but I can't think of anything. Liz Longley my... went to uh, her her '90s all the '90s country she listened to that she says is not cool anymore is what what she well, said. I mean I'm definitely there. I'm all about like '90s country. Some Garth Brooks. I love Garth Brooks. I don't know that I'm ashamed though. <laughs> that's right. He's that's a great right. writer. <laughs> nor, nor nor should you feel ashamed. Oh, Hannah, this I know you got uh, things to do, and but I wanted to thank you, and I'm so sorry we didn't weren't able to do the house show this last year. That's something uh, Lisa and Me I were too. so looking forward to. We were uh, we had it because Kashana was going to be playing after you. So in the oh. space of a year, we were going to have all three of you from that from that showcase, oh and so maybe down well, the road, maybe 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 next year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, uh, it's been lovely to talk to you. I love hearing your voice. Every time you come up on a shuffle or every time we put your music on, both of us just sit there and go, Holy hell, that voice. Uh, so we, we always enjoy hearing you and, um, <laughs> and we look forward to the next time that we can do it live and, and hope you stay safe and well and enjoy your family for, uh, for the holidays. And, awesome. and yeah. Thank so, you so much. You too. Thanks for tuning in. You can find links in the podcast details and hope that you will find ways to support musicians and artists during this hard time. We need our poets and truth tellers now more than ever. See you next time on Music at Three Pines, the podcast. I know everyone's a good dog under these three pines.